0: Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG Geeks. That is 469-844-3357.
1: Happy listening. Peace. Cheers.
0: My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Gray's in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 43 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Stephen of the It's Super Effective podcast. How you doing, Steve?
1: What's up, everyone? Uh, I'm good. I just woke up a bit ago, but uh, I am... (laughs) I'm good. I'm very excited to be here. Now, uh, do you prefer to go by
0: SBJ or, or Steve or... Um, I think
1: internet persona-wise, everyone calls me SBJ, but, uh, you know, whatever's easier for you. Usually, my girlfriend just calls me Steve when she's extremely mad at me, but... <laughs> uh, totally cool, yeah. SBJ is just short for uh, my full name, Steve Black Jr., so... Whatever works for you, I'm not going to pressure you or call you out on if you slipped up, slip up if you go either way. Very good, very good.
0: All right, well, before we get too far into uh, what we're here to talk about today, I want to get to know you and uh, my listeners get
1: to know you. Uh, tell us about yourself. Um, well, uh, where to begin? I think the, the thing people might know about me the most is I run a Pokemon podcast called It's Super Effective. I've been doing that for over six years now, and that's kind of my bread and butter and what I do from week to week uh, outside of Pokemon, because that is so Pokemon-focused, and most of my followers and listeners are from the Pokemon fan base. Outside of that, personally, I'm a really big fan of WWE and wrestling. Uh, I'm a big Apple fanboy, so everything I use is Apple. Um I'm really into not really into, but I I'm all about Soylent, which which is kind of funny. We have a segment on Pokemon podcast called Healthy Living, where we're just trying to be healthier. So mine mm-hmm. involves like, drinking more water, and uh, I'm made fun of a lot for not liking fruits or vegetables. So I've gone down the Soylent path to get my <laughs> nutrition. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then the other thing I've just started doing, which is which is Kind of weird, or maybe not weird, is I started meditating. So that's something that's kind of big and and important to my life, whether or not I uh, stick with it. I, I'm not sure, but it's something that I've uh, started to dabble in.
0: That's really cool. I I've been listening to your your podcasts for a while now, and uh, I'm I'm a behind on all of my podcasts. I have a an hour and a half one way commute to work every day, but I'm a teacher. So over the summer, I don't have, I, the, the good news is I don't have that commute. <laughs> the bad news is, is that's how I keep up on all my podcasts. So um, so I think that the last episode that I listened to was the one where you talked about how you were, were starting to, to meditate. And I thought that that was really cool because I know I've got a lot of stress in my life and it's definitely something that I'm thinking of looking into to uh, to kind of reduce that.
1: Yeah, that was That was probably the Dan Reichert episode. Uh, Mm -hmm, Dan Reichert mm -hmm. from Giant Bomb. Yeah, I interviewed him. I'm a big fan of Giant Bomb. But for me, it it was kind of funny how that came across. Uh, My girlfriend, who uh, she's always stressed out. Uh, She has anxiety. She has insomnia. So she has a lot of things going on. And she has been meditating for over a year, maybe even longer than that. And she always told me I should do that. And I... always thought to myself, like, I'm not really stressed out. Like, my my days, for the most part, are pretty easy. I wake up when I want to. I go into work. I leave work. I come home. I do my stuff, maybe play some video games, go to sleep. And that schedule may be different if I have to record on a certain day or edit on a certain day. And otherwise, you know, life for me is very straightforward. And I didn't think much of the meditation stuff. And then, you know, fast forward to uh, early 2016, and I played a game called The Witness. And it's a it's a puzzle game, um, but there are strong signs pointing to meditation and mindfulness and pretty much everything that Irene talked to me about earlier and said, hey, I, maybe I should do. And that kind of clicked with me of like, oh, it, it's almost like um, when a teacher has to teach a certain student in a different way, like some students learn this way, but other students learn this way. And the when I played The Witness, it was just kind of another window into Oh, like this is this is something I might want to dabble down. Then after that, I read a couple books. Um, when I say read, I mean audio books because I do most of my podcasting slash book listening uh, in the car as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that kind of uh, that kind of pointed out that like hey, meditation isn't like this hippie thing. It's actually scientifically proven. And and me coming from uh, Soylent and stuff made in a lab to get your nutrition. I'm all about the science. Uh, and then when I talked to Dan Reichert, which, uh, which is on one of the episodes of It's Super Effective, th- my, my biggest reservation was like, I don't have time to like listen to these podcasts during the day. I don't have time to watch these TV shows that everyone's talking about. I don't even have time to play all the video games I want. How am I going to fit 10 to 15 minutes in a day for meditation? Like, I mean the end goal is just to kinda of make you feel better about yourself. And that's about it. Right. How am I gonna fit that in? And what really stuck out to me and what Dan said is if you love something enough, you'll make time for it. And like if you love if if you want to just be slightly happier or you just want to, you know, give that a try and that's something that's important to you, you'll definitely make fifteen, twenty minutes a day for that. And that kind of stuck out to me because when I'm at work, I, I cycle through the same websites over and over, and it's like, well, you know, if I was just a little bit more focused, or if I just had more important things that I cared about, like I wouldn't be wasting this much time. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that's something I, I've I've given a try. I've been doing it for about I, I use an app called Headspace, so it keeps track of everything I do. Um, I've been doing it for about 22 days now, and I definitely noticed that days that I do it, I just feel I just feel better throughout the whole day. I just, it's almost like uh, waking up and eating a good breakfast and going like, yeah, today is going to be a good day. And obviously, like if you get in a car accident or, you know, something happens at work, like th- those are unpreventable. That, the, the, of course, that would probably sour your day. But for the most part, like if I spend 10 minutes and I meditate, I just feel like, OK, today is going to be good. And that's really like for for something that's free, for something that takes 10 minutes. Like it, it's kind of silly to say, like, why wouldn't you do that?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely. And, uh, and I agree with the whole, um, if you're, you're, it's important to you, you'll make time for it. Uh, I've just started, uh, working out because I am, I am living a very sedentary life. And, uh, I think many gamers have that, that problem. And, uh, I'm about to go back to school where 20 hours a week of my week is spent in the car. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of not so much that yay working out, but I know that the health benefits down the line are going to be there. So, you know, I just kind of <laughs> suck it up and make it happen. But uh, I think that meditating maybe a little bit before I, I hop onto the freeway might be a, uh, <laughs> a good choice for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I'll touch on before we move off, because sorry, you got me on a meditation rant. Was <laughs> A, lot, a <laughs> lot of people will try it or like the first time I tried it, you know, I sat down for 10 minutes to try to focus on my breath. You know, I followed the app and I, after I was done with it, I was like, I don't, you know, I don't feel any different. I don't feel like it worked. I don't know if I did it right. And you, you could compare that to meditation is a skill you need to learn and you can compare that to like learning to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. Most people just don't sit down and then, you know, rock out to an original song and a guitar that takes some practice and some time, uh, and some trial and error, but Meditation is just a skill. I mean, you don't go to the gym and you just don't start lifting 200 pound weights above your head. You you work up to that. And so, you know, if it, if it doesn't work for you or if it's something you were interested in and you wanted to try and like the first time you did it, it just didn't seem right. Like that's totally OK. Like that happens to everyone. So don't let that first time or even second time like discourage you because it's just something you can get better at. That's really good advice. Really good advice. Thank you.
0: Um so obviously you have high geekitude in Pokemon. Uh are there other um specific properties or um areas where you feel like your your geekiness excels?
1: Uh probably Destiny uh the game made by Bungie. Mhm. Uh, that is something I am super into and normally it's funny I don't really care for first person shooters but the social aspects of Destiny really keep me coming back and also the collection aspects. and i compare destiny a lot to pokemon because instead of collecting all these creatures you're trying to collect these exotic weapons um, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe that's just why i like pokemon so much and i like other games that kind of follow that collection aspect because i like to collect things but yeah destiny would be one of the top things that i do that are not pokemon related and it's also nice that my girlfriend uh, got into Destiny and something probably the same things that like clicked with her clicked with me. Uh, other than that, I'm also into tabletop board gaming. So I very cool. I have way too many games on my shelves that I don't play enough. Um, Destiny is nice because I can just log in and usually my friends that are all over the United States are on playing as well, or I can text them and tell them to jump on. Uh, board gaming is a little harder because you need to have people in real life come over. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, those opportunities are are really great when they happen. So, um, I would yeah, I would probably say Pokemon Destiny uh, Tabletop Gaming. Those are probably the most recent and top things on my uh list uh currently. Now, do you have a a favorite
0: tabletop game that, or one that is kind of at the top of your list right now? Because I know that those like video games can change frequently. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I just got back from Gen Con, and the game that Stood out to me at Gen Con was a game called Exposed, which is just a it's a light hidden role game and it's a bit of a strategy game where you're just trying to figure out everyone is everyone is pickpocketers and they're trying to steal people's people's wallets on a a cruise ship and so the goal of the game is just to get seven wallets or to expose the other thieves on the on the on the cruise ship so uh, it's just a light strategy game where you're you're stealing wallets and you're trying to steal them. Enough to not give away who you are on the board. And uh, if you can get seven wallets, you win. Or if you can figure out who the other players are in the game, you win that way, too. So uh, that was something I picked up at Gen Con that's probably my standout at Gen Con. Otherwise, I, I definitely like games like Spyfall, which is another hidden role game where uh, everyone is in a specific location. So um, let's just say everyone's on a submarine. And there is one spy who doesn't know where he is. He's the worst spy ever. So uh, everyone <laughs> except this one person knows where they are. And uh, everyone's asking each other questions to you know, verify that they know where we are. So uh, I could ask, like, what do you see when you look out the window? And that person, if they're on the submarine, would probably respond like, oh, water. Or they might be a little more broad and say, I see a lot of blue or... I see animals. Like, you want to answer the question or ask a question in a way where it's broad enough to get, like, a general sense of, hey, I know where I am. And the spy has to listen to these and figure out where they are. They have to try to figure out they're on a submarine or wh- wherever the place is, The submarines, for example. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if the spy says, like, hey, can you shut the door or, hey, I'm going... uh I like to go outside all the time. Like clearly when you're in a submarine there, probably you probably shouldn't be shutting the door. Otherwise everyone would die or you can't just go outside when you want. So that's an easy way to say like, Oh, you really don't know where we are. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's just a a simple hidden role game that, um, that I like a lot too. And it's, it's just funny and it, you know, rounds happen in five, six minutes and then everyone switches roles and everything. So yeah, I'm a big, uh, hidden role game guy. I just, Think that they're interesting games and they bring out different personalities and people.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm gonna to have to recommend that. I have a, a colleague at, at work that loves using our lunch breaks to introduce us to new board games. So we'll bring one down to the break room and and we'll we'll play while while we're eating lunch. And so we'll, we'll have to throw a couple of those in there. Yeah,
1: Spyfall is great because it's it's at Target now. I got back from Gen Con and Target has all of these new board games on their shelves, and Spyfall was one of them. So like that's good. Like when I see a a game at Target you can kind of tell that it's been somewhat successful if it's made it onto Target shelves. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, so where are there areas that you're not as into, um, you feel your geekitude is a little low?
1: Uh, probably anything TV show related, or even like Star Wars. Like I'm not into Star Wars at all. Um, I, I did end up watching all of them, and I saw the new movie, and they just don't do it for me, uh, as they do for other people. And I can I can respect the the excitement that people get and the the rich history that people get. I mean I get the same way with with like Destiny. Like that that space mm-hmm. opera I think appeals more to me than than a Star Wars. Um, so yeah, I, I I not a big fan of that and just general T V shows. You know, a lot of people talk about Game of Thrones or Mr. Robot or Lost or Breaking Bad and you know, that's that's stuff that you know, I try to dabble in, but just doesn't hold my attention. And I think that's funny because people are like, "Well, you watch, you know, WWE, you watch Raw and SmackDown every week." And uh, watch is a real broad term because it's definitely <laughs> on in the background. Um, uh-huh. But I'm always doing something else. Like when when wrestling's on, I'm usually like working on stuff for Pokemon Podcasts, or I'm working on stuff for Tuesday night games, or I'm I'm just you know planning out a trip or you know, just illustrating or doing something creative. And I can't do that kind of stuff when, like, something like Breaking Bad is on, because it's like, oh, I just missed five minutes. What I miss? Oh, like, this was a big plot point that now I have to, like, rewind or go back to. And so it's hard for me to watch shows like that. And I it definitely makes my girlfriend upset because she wants to watch those shows, and it's just hard for me to sit there and just watch. Uh
0: yeah I understand that when I was when I was growing up I seemed to have a little bit of a, a easier time multitasking you know you could play or draw or whatever while you were watching I don't know if it was the complexity of the TV back then wasn't as uh in depth or if I've just lost my multitasking skills <laughs> as I've gotten older but but yeah if I'm not if I'm not able to to focus on something it, I I just don't put it on
1: yeah, that's why I like wrestling because you know there's so many different wrestlers and so it's like oh these two people are wrestling I don't care about this so you know I'll tune back in in 10 minutes when you know somebody is on that I care about or and even when they are on it's like they're only on for you know 10 minutes or so so it's very like on and off on and off and it, and for me it's like a nice break from work too cuz it's like I could be sitting there trying to think of a logo or something and it's like okay I'll watch this for 10 minutes and then kind of come back and go oh, okay, I could have done this the whole time. So it's just kind of... Um, it helps with my creative process, at least, when I'm, like, tuning in or tuning out. And if it's not wrestling, it's usually, like, reruns of The Simpsons or reruns of Seinfeld or, like, something that I just, just have on the background. And it's like, oh, this joke's coming up. This joke always makes me laugh. Haha like, it's still funny. And then just you know, <laughs> continue working on what I'm working on. That's awesome.
0: Um, now, is it fair to say that uh, Pokemon is your favorite fandom? Or is there something that... that- Trump's it, we just don't know about it.
1: Uh, no, that's probably it.
0: Very cool. Yeah, we're going to talk all about Pokemon a little later, but uh, uh, I thought I'd ask, because a couple people have been on the show and they've surprised me. They've had a Warcraft podcast or something else, and they're like, no, actually, I like, you know, uh, The Simpsons, or, you know, so... Yeah. Keep the question in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, every everything kind of goes back to Pokemon, and, and at, at points in my life, I'm like, uh, maybe, maybe Pokemon isn't the number one thing, but then they do something like show this new Pokemon or introduce like this new thing or even something as silly as like, like, oh, the store now has new plushes. And it's like, oh, that is a really cool plush. <laughs> like, why am I so excited about this stuffed animal? But yeah, it, it all kind of comes back to Pokemon. And I guess it's nice for me that like I do the show weekly. I do it every Sunday and then I post it on Monday and, and I come in and we talk about the news and, for some crazy reason, there are Pokemon news every single week. And we do that. And then, you know, I'm not somebody who is sitting there playing the game every day. Um, and I know people who do. Uh, usually, when I finish a main series game, I don't go back to it. And some people put 200, 300 hours in. And, you know, I think I put a lot in at like 80 or 90. Um, to me, I think that's a lot. But, you know, to other people, they're like, oh, that's, you're just cracking the surface. But, even like a game like Pokemon Go, like I've definitely played it a lot, uh, but I'm not that, I'm not out there every day like some of these crazy Pokemon Go people and playing it and everything. And, and I think that's okay. Uh, there are a lot of aspects to Pokemon that really make it great. And for me, just talking about it every week is kind of the what I enjoy about it the most. With some people, mm-hmm. it might be Pokemon Go. Some people it might be the main series game. Some people it might be the trading cards, uh, and other people it might be the TV show. Uh so some people do everything, some people do one out of the four things or five things or six things, however many aspects of Pokemon there are. But like for me I, I, I dabble in all of it, but not to an extent where like every single day when I get home I must be playing Pokemon or I must be doing this. It's just I like a lot of things, and Pokemon is definitely one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um
0: now all those other things, is there anything that you know of that's not really popular but you tend to like to recommend to people? um just because it's not in the mainstream but you think
1: it's pretty cool Uh, that's a tough question i I mean the thing i recommend right now to people is probably i'm trying to think like i guess the meditation thing uh Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say that's that's in the mainstream uh maybe like something like soylent it's kind of things i've already touched on but uh i guess i recommend those things because people ask about them um, especially when they see, like, the Soylent bottle sitting on my desk and they're like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's like a meal replacement. They're like, oh, like Slim Fast? And I was like, no, you can't live off Slim Fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like a meal in a bottle. Not like Slim Fast. Uh, but yeah, stuff like that. I don't think anything else, you know, maybe it's a bad time to ask because I just got back from Gen Con, so I was very, uh, very much nothing but board gaming and then like for me for the last week or two is just kind of catching back up on life but yeah
0: well i i think i think meditation and soylent both both definitely qualify because i am i am now curious and uh and interested in checking out both so (laughs) um now we'll talk about pokemon in a more broad sense a little later but i did want to talk about your podcast specifically um because you've, you've got a couple of things going on, correct? Yeah. You've got the main podcast, and then you've done um, uh, you've done Dungeons & Dragonites, or you're doing it again? I, I'm, I'm not caught up on the podcast, so I'm not quite sure, sure where you're at. Uh,
1: yeah, so the main show, it's super effective. It comes out every Monday, and we haven't actually missed that in quite a while, which is good. Uh, it's just a good sign that I've been hitting all cylinders recently, but that is just your general Pokemon podcast. We start off. We start off off off-topic purposely, purposefully, and you know that might be uh, that might be a turnoff to some people, or some people might find that some people might like that, and some people might find that annoying that we just don't start talking about Pokemon. But I think with the amount of Pokemon shows and Pokemon content that are out there, and it's funny because when I started Super Effective, there was maybe one or two Pokemon podcasts in iTunes, and now there's there's probably over twenty or thirty Pokemon podcasts in iTunes, but for me, what's important is like all the news that we report on is stuff that is probably five to seven days old just because we record on Sunday, so we're recapping the week. And mm-hmm. so people coming to our show, if, if they're coming for to us for news, like they per, they've probably already read it or heard it or seen it. And yeah, we might go through it a little more thoroughly, but um, it's the same reason why people ask, like, why don't you guys do more competitive stuff? Because other people do that better. Like there are other YouTube channels or personalities that I would recommend if that you that if you want to get into competitive battling, you can go down that route. And so for me, I think it's important that we start off off topic and just kind of unravel our personalities a lot more because I think that's why people stick around. I mean, if they're sticking around for news, I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe it's just my voice that they like reading the news, but <laughs> like there are so many outlets you can get news from or Pokémon information from. And so for for me, it's it's really It's my personality, it's Will's personality, it's everyone who's been on the show's personality that kind of carries and drives it. And so I think with, without that, the show might be just as fine, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't have its moments or its jokes, I think. Like it, healthy living is a segment that people have requested. Like we, we, we ran with it for four or five weeks and then we got rid of it. And I got nothing but emails of like, Hey, you guys should bring healthy living back. And it's like, well, you, do you want us to talk about trying to eat vegetables and drink water and soil? And people just thought that was funny. And so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, just that, that's, that's been super effective. I mean, we start off off topic, we go into Pokemon news, we usually talk about a specific topic. Recently, it's been Pokemon Go. Uh, and then we end with a Pokemon of the Week. And uh, it's a pretty consistent, tight package, and it's something I love doing. Uh, and then the other show you mentioned is called Dungeons and Dragonites, which is a seasonal show. Um, so, that's a—it's uh, an actual play podcast, which means that we're actually playing a live game of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and recording it. And that first season, which we did uh, earlier in the spring, was 12 episodes long, and there was a there's a whole story arc from start to finish that you can follow, uh, just like a TV show. And at Gen Con we recorded, uh, three more episodes. So kind of like a side story, uh, Dungeons and Dragonites took place in a town that we ventured out to a castle and we went through the castle. And then, you know, at the end, we eventually left and went back to the town and we sought the information we were out to get. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, the three part the, the three parts that we recorded at Gen con which uh, should be coming up in the next week or so uh, they start off in the town just where we left off and we actually go to the town uh, the next town over and we attend a festival and so those three recordings are uh, throughout the whole festival weekend and then it ends with us coming back to town which actually sets us up perfectly to start season two which will happen this fall. Um, which will be six episodes long. It'll be a shorter season, but we're actually switching up some of the cast uh, to see how uh, that ebb, ebbs and flows. And so, mm-hmm. um, And then the third podcast I do is called the Tuesday Night Podcast, which is a, uh, a podcast about tabletop gaming. And I do that with the guys over at Tuesday Night Games, and they made a game called Two Rooms and a Boom. Um, so it's it's me being a fan of them and me hosting that podcast, but it's also... Me asking questions that uh, listeners or customers or fans of their games would ask, and kind of get an inside of the board gaming industry industry as well as just you know talk about games we like to play.
0: That's very cool. I knew about the the first two. I didn't realize that you had a third, and that's that's really neat. I'm gonna have to check it out. I haven't listened to Dungeons and Dragonites yet because again, as I said, I'm like months behind uh, <laughs> on all my podcasts, which I will have to. Uh, I actually have a, a shout out. Uh, to to some of my my podcasts that I listen to because they've gotten me through this week, um, but that's really cool. Uh, I, I there's a it seems to be a growing number of of tabletop focused podcasts out there, and I think that's um, it's really fun because there's like so many other geeky ventures. There are um, so many different things you can do with that, and so I think it's neat that there's another one out there.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy how. Any fandom or interest has has a podcast now. Um, you look at something like Overwatch that just you know came out two months ago, and there's probably a dozen different Overwatch podcasts in iTunes. And No Man's Sky just came out a week or two ago, and I think last time I checked there was at least three No Man's Sky podcasts. So um, if there's a game you're really excited about coming out, and podcasting is something you're interested in, it's probably A safe bet that if you want to get noticed, make a podcast about the new thing coming out. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And quite honestly, that's how I found your podcast
0: because uh, back in March, my my brother uh, surprised me with uh, a 3DS and and Pokemon X and um, Alpha Sapphire. Okay. And he's like, play this. (laughs) I'm like, I haven't played Pokemon since like, I don't know, the original Ruby. And, um, and so like anything else that I do, if I'm, if I'm getting into it, I have to listen to a podcast about it. <laughs> and so I've been listening, um, probably since March and then Pokemon Go came out and it was like, perfect. I, I don't feel quite like I'm just now jumping on the bandwagon. I have a couple months of, of being back into a Pokemon player right, right. without feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm just bandwagging it. But, um, but yeah, and I've, I've got to say, I really have loved the um, the interviews you've done lately. I think the the one you did with Austin Creed was probably one of my favorite podcasts ever, having listened to podcast.
1: Uh, thank you. Yeah, the, yeah, that
0: must, be, that must have been a very cool experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was... I don't know if, if I ever told that. I can tell the short story of how that happened, though, um, if, if you want.
0: Yeah, please do.
1: Uh, so everyone will ask, like, how did you get a WWE superstar on your podcast, especially a podcast about Pokemon? And what was funny is, uh, so Austin Creed is known as Xavier Woods, and he is currently one of the tag team champions, a part of a group called The New Day. Um, and they uh, at one point said Xavier or Austin, I'll, I'll switch between those names because I just do and he's known as both, but... Uh, at one point, Austin said on an episode of Raw that his DMs were open. And I think then he followed that up with the Beyonce joke. It's probably shortly after Lemonade came out. And so I was like, you know what? Like, Raw's over. It's 10 o'clock. Like I know Austin has tweeted about Pokemon Go in the past and just Pokemon in general. And so if his DMs are open, why? Like, let me just DM him. And so I DM'd him and I said, hey, like, hey, my name is SPJ. I run this Pokemon podcast. I saw you tweet about Pokemon like would be curious if you would want to maybe be on the show and just talk about Pokemon for a little bit. And then I included a screenshot of it's super effective being top five in the video game podcast. Of iTunes. just be like, I'm just including the screenshot just to let you know that hopefully I'm not like wasting your time and blah, 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 blah. Because, you know, I get why a lot of people are like, no, I just can't because they're just as busy as everyone else. So it's right. just like, hey, like, I'm not this little guy like. I've been doing this for six years. I can tell you download numbers if you want. Like, I think it's it might be worth your time. Um, no joke. Within five minutes, he responded. He'd be like, "I love. I would love to do that." And then from there, first, and I and I was just shocked about it. like not only did I message him like right after Rob, but he responded so quickly and like right like no questions about like yes, I want to do this. Um, and so then I had to go through the the WWE paperwork of. Okay, who am I requesting? What is he going to be doing? Is this paid? Is this not paid? Is it in person, not in person? What are you talking about? Why are you talking about? So I filled out all that paperwork and then we finally settled on a date, uh, which would have probably been about a month after the initial conversation. And we were kind of talking weekly up to this. Um, That day he ended up uh, missing his flight and then missing our podcast uh, time to record. And about three hours after the record time, which is probably the time he got off his plane, uh, he messaged me and was like, "Um, you know, I'm so sorry, like, totally unprofessional of me. How can I make this up to you? And and me, I was just like, you know, totally like I get it. Life happens. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we just kind of started talking and I said, like, hey, like. This is going this is me just shooting in the dark and this is gonna sound out of no uh, coming out of nowhere but after we were done recording today I was gonna ask you if you know in the future you wanted to do you know something Pokemon Go related because he has a gaming YouTube channel called Up Up Down Down and I was like you know wherever you want to go or be I can I can jump on a flight. Uh, we can shoot some video, You, I can use it for my stuff, you can use it for your stuff, really, it's just you gotta show up, be, be you for an hour, and then we have some footage. And right away he was like, yeah, let's do that. He was like, I'm off, I'm off these days, if you want to come down. And I was like, these days are in like two days. <laughs> uh, and I was like, yeah, I, I think I can make that happen. So I made a couple phone calls to a friend who has a bunch of video equipment. And I was like, hey, do you th- think you can go to Atlanta in about two days. I'm looking at flights right now. They're like $300, $400 round trip. Uh, you think you can do that? And he was like, oh, yeah, because he's a big wrestling fan. So he's like, oh, to meet Austin? Like, absolutely. So, you know, out of, you know, like, I don't think a lot of people see that I have a Patreon and like the Patreon money comes in and they it goes to stuff like it definitely goes to um, new software, and new equipment. You know, we tried Mixler for a while, which was a monthly fee and, you know, that that cost money and we decided that, you know, it wasn't really worth it. But like that was me like dropping $400 out of my pocket to be like, I'm going to go interview this person. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we flew out there. We met with Austin. We did a podcast uh, live. Then we shot some video and um, it was just unreal of how like, genuine and down to earth that dude was. And uh in the back of my head, I'm actually kinda glad he missed his flight because I don't think that whole situation would have happened if that wasn't the case. Uh and and yeah, so like I think it was it was it was awesome in a couple reasons. Like one, I'm a huge WWE fan and the new day is one of my favorite wrestling uh teams. So like I gotta meet Austin, I gotta spend the day with Austin. Two, uh I think that for us being a Pokemon Central podcast, like, that interview started off with Pokemon Questions, it went into wrestling, it went into video games, and then it ended with Pokemon Questions, and I was always, like, worried if that, I was always worried if, uh, like, people would get to that part and go, okay, oh, like, a WWE Superstar, I wanna, like, I, I'm not interested in this, I'm gonna turn this part of the podcast off, and I, I don't think anyone did that, or I'm sure somebody did that, but I... the the general reaction from that interview was just so great like so many people loved it uh it's easily the most downloaded uh podcast that i've ever put out on itunes um i think more people found the show because of that interview so it it just to me showed that okay i think we can we can do this with other people because what i was always thinking is like I, i love like austin creed like his thing is Pokemon, but or his thing sorry, his thing is wrestling. he kind of dabbles in Pokemon. How could I make an interview with that work? And the same with Dan record like uh if you listen to that interview with dan we we start with Pokemon, we end with Pokemon, but the majority of that is not the majority of that is not Pokemon, so I pretty much took that format that I learned with Austin and I applied it to Dan and then I applied it to Maryland, which was the interview after that, and was like, okay, like now I feel confident to find people who might not dabble with Pokemon and still make an interview work and still make it interesting and still make it worth uh, the time to our listeners to listen to. Uh, And so going back, uh, so amazing to meet Austin, uh, amazing to figure out an interview process that works. And then third, like still amazing that Austin from time to time will text me about Pokemon. He will text me about Pokemon related things, which I think is the funniest thing in the world. Um, And it's just like, oh, yeah, like, you're an extremely famous person in my phone now, and you sometimes text me, and that's like I can't help but smile when that happens.
0: That's so cool. That's that's got to be such a cool experience. And and I I agree. the The fact that um, he is not a hundred percent about Pokemon doesn't diminish him being on your show at all because it like. I I am not a huge wrestling fan. I I was when I was younger, but it's just not something that that uh, that has stayed in my my geekitude. And um, but I was like so completely enthralled by this guy. He he seemed to have just so many different facets about him. And I I found that as because this is primarily a an interview show, and you know I think that it's interesting that yeah you do a Pokemon show. And we'll be talking about Pokemon today, but I also think it's really interesting that you're into meditation and, and Soylent and, you know, everybody has different facets to them and that's kind of how we find our, um, our commonality and how you can relate to the person better. So I, I think it, it, it's what you were
1: doing right now. Working awesome, Awesome. Cool. That's (laughs) exciting. I, uh, I'm, I think getting the interviews at this point is, is the hardest part. Um, And I'm talking with two other people for possibly future interviews. So I'm excited to do that because that's kind of my new focus now, I guess, uh, is the interview parts. Uh, it's more recording on my end and a little more work, but it makes the shows longer and, and people definitely like that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to keep trying to do it because those, those three interviews, which were back to back, it was, um, Austin Creed, Dan Reichert, and then Maryland, uh, all got just fantastic uh reception to them so um we am gonna keep trying to do that yeah very cool
0: very very cool um well thank you for for letting us get to know you a little bit better uh i i think i i highly recommend to anybody who's listening to this if you have any interest in pokemon go check out the shows because they are they're very good and a lot of fun uh your cast is hilarious thank you um The the guys, you guys change. I mean, you have some very regulars and then some semi-regulars, and um, every combination is just a little bit different and makes it uh, fun from week to week. Yes, yeah, we try. (laughs) Well, very cool. We're going to move on to what we did that was geeky this week. Um, I apologize if you hear, like, construction sounds in the background. I don't know if it's coming through the mic or not, but um, we are at the, I'd like to say, tail end of a remodel um, but it is, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Money Pit, but we've been getting two weeks for a very long time now. <laughs> two more weeks, two more weeks. Um, in fact, just yesterday I was like, so what are we looking at before we get to the punch list? And, uh, two more weeks. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so I uh, apologize for any noise in the background, but that's what it is. Um, this week I have been like all in, in Warcraft and, I had not played in a good year and a half. Are talking the world of? Oh yes, the world of. <laughs> <laughs> Very much the world of. Um, I'd, I'd hop in for a weekend or so here or there, but I just really didn't like this last expansion. And they released the pre-patch for Legion, which comes out on the, the 30th. And the, the, the opening quests were phenomenal and the cinematics were heart wrenching. And, um, and now you can just fly around the the world and go to these invasions that are happening all over the place, and they're massive XP. So I've just I've rolled a new character and I'm leveling it up to you know as high as I can get it before I have to go back to school, and um and I have just been having probably more fun um that I've had in Warcraft in a very very long time. So that is what I have been spending most of my week doing. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played Warcraft, if that's ever I, landed in, in your field. I have. Field
1: of... uh, it was a, something I loved. Uh, the The only reason I ever dropped out is because all my friends stopped playing, so it was hard for me to play that solo or to find new people. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did dabble in World of Warcraft, and I enjoyed my time in it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I I do
0: miss my old group. I think around Cataclysm is when everybody broke up, but um, I've met enough people through podcasting that play that at least you know there's a little messages that get exchanged here and there as I as I run through my stuff. Oh, that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, it makes it it makes it go faster, that's for sure. Um, my husband and I also finished Stranger Things this week, which I don't know. I know you're not as much into TV, but it was an incredible series.
1: You know, I, I've heard a lot about it, and it's something that I, I definitely want to check out. I don't know much about it, and I think I'm okay with that. I just mm-hmm. I've just all oh, I've just heard that it's good, and that's kind of spooky, and that it's a thing that everyone should watch. Uh, so if I have time, um, I think that's something I want to check out. But uh, yeah, did, you said it, you enjoyed it, or you finished very it? very much so. Yeah, we
0: just finished it maybe two or three nights ago. And um, it, it, for people who don't like scary stuff, I don't think it was really too scary. Um, like the X Files, tend... where it's more just creepy. Yeah, I mean there there are maybe one or two jump scares in the entire series. Um, most of it's just kind of honestly, it pulls on a lot of eighties nostalgia. Uh, heartstrings, you know, it, you can kind of pick out as you're going along, oh, this is a scene that's kind of mirroring something from Stand By Me, or this scene is kind of paying homage to E.T. And so there's a lot of, you know, if if you ever enjoyed kind of that old classic 80s, coming of age kids shows, like E.T., Goonies, any of that, you, you will, Definitely Recognize and Appreciate series. Cool. How about you? What have you been up to this week?
1: I feel like this week has been me catching up on a lot of sleep. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the thing that I've been playing, I'm uh, off is No Man's Sky, which I'm sure a lot of people are playing.
0: And I was when I saw you put this in the show notes, I was very excited because I've heard about it, and I, I kind of have been keeping an ear to the wall about it, but... Um, but I'm curious to think to hear what you think of it and uh, if it's something worth checking out.
1: Uh, well, for the most part, I don't like it. <laughs> okay. So we'll start off there. Um, So I followed No Man's Sky for the last two years, and I wouldn't say I followed it heavily. When I say followed it, I remember seeing the original trailer at E3. I remember seeing the second or third trailer at... Uh, the PlayStation event that they do every November, I think. And then I remember seeing the other trailer at the the most recent E3, or not the most recent, but the one before that, before they deleted it. And besides that, I mean, if it if it was a story or something posted on the PlayStation blog, I read that, but I didn't go out and seek other content or didn't follow the guys on Twitter. I just knew that, that this was a team of like 15 people making this super ambitious game with uh 18 quadrillion planets or however many there are um and so i was excited for it but at the same time i was very hesitant to feel like they would achieve what they set out to achieve and so for me um i didn't buy it right away when it came out on tuesday uh mostly because reviews weren't up i told myself that well first off i don't buy a lot of games anymore uh i usually Rent them if possible at like a red box or something, just because, like, I think the last game I rented was Uncharted 4. And like, I love the Uncharted series, but for the last three games, I played them and they sat on my shelf for two years and I never touched them again. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't want to do that with Uncharted 4 because I knew, like, as soon as I completed it, it's going to sit on my shelf and that's $60 on the drain. Not saying that it's not worth $60, I'm sure it is to some, but the way I consume games is I just don't go back and, and touch them again. And some people do, and I, I just don't. Uh, so I was like oh I'll just red box no Man's sky and and I checked the red box because I'm very lucky that there's a red box like near my house that gets like it, they get games on day one I don't know I don't know if all red boxes do that I but the one near me like uncharted 4, day one doom day one like all it gets everything right away and they're never sold out because no one ever goes to that red box uh, so mm-hmm. I'm very lucky in that aspect uh, and there was nothing for no Man's sky and there were no reviews up on Tuesday so it's like oh, I'll just wait And then uh, there was first impressions that were on IGN Polygon, and I read those. And for the most part, they were like, eh, it's kind of, it didn't hit all its marks. And I was like, okay, like that's what I thought would happen. Uh, And then two of my friends got No Man's Sky, and they're playing it, and and they're talking about how they like it. And I was like, eh. Uh, And then I ended up listening to the Bombcast from Giant Bomb, and they were talking about how they liked it, and these were the parts they didn't like, and they were telling stories. and, And Irene and I were driving, listening to it, and she was like, and earlier in the week, she asked me if if, if I was going to get it, and I said, ah, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be very good. Uh, and so when we were listening to the Bombcast, she was like, oh, it does sound like kind of cool. I kind of want to get it. And I was like, well, all right, like right, I'll get it if you get it. And so we went to Target, we picked it up, um, and we both started at the same time, because we, like, it's not a multiplayer game, but... We still wanted to like play somewhat together so we can be like, oh, what planet are you on? Oh, what planet are you on? Oh, look, look at what I'm seeing. Look at what you're seeing. Like that kind of thing. We were yeah, going to yeah. make it multiplayer if the game wasn't multiplayer. <laughs> uh, and so we're playing it. And um, about three hours passed and Irene came out of uh, her room where she plays all her stuff. And she's like, I think I'm done with it. And I was like, what do you mean? You're done for the day? Or like, she's just like, I, I don't really like it. Uh, and I was like, what don't you like about it? Cause I also at that point decided like this is not for me, mm-hmm. uh, but I wanted to know what her thoughts are, and she was like, I, she's like, there's no goals in the game. She's like, I was like, well, there's the goal to get to the center of the universe, and she's like, yeah, but besides that, there's like no goals for me to do. And I was like, well, you can like increase your your, your storage space, or you can get a bigger ship, or get a, a gun that holds more uh, upgrades. And she's like, yeah, but those aren't really goals like they there's something i i can do but that it's nothing that feels achievable mm-hmm. i was like you're right yeah you're right so um i was talking with my friends who were enjoying it and i was like i just don't care for it and i was like i compared it a lot to a game called a- animal crossing and mm-hmm. uh kind of piggybacking off irene's uh mention about goals is because my friend my friend his his at his, uh, his point was like Well, you knew it was a game about exploring, like, you knew it was just about walking around finding new things to do, like, stuff like that, and I was like, yes, that is what everyone's saying, it's a game about exploring, but there's nothing really to explore, I think that's that's the frustrating part. Um, In a game like Animal Crossing, there are really no goals, like, yeah, you could pay off your house, or you could collect a set of furniture, or you could, you know, try to collect all these fossils, but... uh, but at the same time, Animal Crossing makes it feel like your time is worthwhile. It makes, it, it makes little things seem important, like paying off your house does seem important, or finding a new fossil and giving it to the museum does seem important, or making a bunch of money because you spent an hour on the beach collecting seashells does seem important. It seems like you're making progress. And in No Man's Sky, when you see these question marks on the map of where to go, it's not even exciting because it can only be... One of, like, eight things. It could be a drop pod, which the only thing to do there is upgrade your suit, which is exciting. But, mm. like, that, that's all there is to see. It could be, it could be a, uh, like, storage facility where there is just two possible upgrades. There are two identical buildings there. It could be a bigger spaceship station where there will be one or zero aliens in that that will talk to you and ask you a question and may or may not give you something. And there's never more than one alien because... Apparently these huge space stations can only hold one alien Um, uh, or there's one or two other things. So it's like you see or a monolith, which is a place that will teach you a word. Uh, And that's all it really does is teach you a word. And eventually you start to learn everyone's language. But where Animal Crossing, like everything happens like today, it could be raining today. It couldn't be like, oh, a a new visitor or not a new visitor. Or look at the beach has something here or I caught this different fish like it. Animal Crossing makes little things seem important. And when you're walking to something in No Man's Sky, you're just like, well, it's going to be one of eight things, and it's going to be exactly like the... Like, a drop pod will always be a drop pod. A space station will always be a space station. A monolith will always be a monolith. There's nothing unique about the eight different things it could possibly be. And I think yeah. that's the frustrating part. And it's like, well, oh, just explore. Just walk around. And it's like, why? Like... Okay, I've
0: got so many other games that I can walk through and explore. Right, I just don't want to walk through and explore. I've got Skyrim. I got WoW. I've got <laughs> I've got Animal Crossing. <laughs> I can I can explore in other places.
1: Yeah, and and a, a game that does exploring amazingly is is Fallout Four. And mm-hmm. and, and for people who like the Skyrim and more, and, and that series again mm-hmm. does exploring aw- amazingly. When I'm in Fallout Four and I'm walking somewhere. One, I don't really know where I'm walking to, but two, when I get there, it's something I've probably never seen before. Uh, like, I remember the first time getting to that huge tower in Fallout 4, and I don't, I don't really remember what it was called, but I was like, oh, I can go in this building. All right. Oh, it just keeps going up and up and up. And there's like a hundred floors here. When I got to the top, there was like an ogre locked in a cage and I let him out and he became my friend and he could possibly be a partner in the future. I'm sure some people know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. I don't know the name of the tower, but there's this huge tower and there's nothing like that. in No man's sky. There's nothing where you get to and you're like, Oh, this is cool. I wonder where this goes. It's just, it's just emptiness that either leads to uh, a drop pod or a monolith or something you've already seen a million times. And, the animals there that you can scan and and research like yeah they're they're okay but and my friend was like you don't give them names or anything and I was like no because when I leave that planet I know that I'll never be coming back to this planet again there's no reason (laughs) to like why he's like why aren't you naming stuff and I was like because I will never come back here like I'm always going to keep pushing forward to the center of the galaxy because that is the one goal in the game to get to and I'm curious of what that is but like, why would I ever go back? Like, why would I need to go back to that planet? There's nothing there. Everything on that planet is going to be on a new planet. Um, so there's just, yeah, it frustrations there, I guess. And, uh, I keep, like, I, I haven't played it in two days now, but I did play, you know, three hours a night for three or four days in a row. And, and it was definitely exciting to get a new ship. And it was definitely exciting to, like, finally, like, get a new gun that could hold more stuff. But, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, the gun does this same exact thing like it shoots the same beam it mines the same thing yeah you can do that a little bit faster but it's just like lack for for having 18 quadrillion planets which is a lot i get that's the scale they're trying to achieve how come there's only one type of building how come there's only three different <laughs> alien races like that those moments just take you out of it and yeah you're going to all these different planets but like to me fallout 4 was just a bigger world it was more unique bigger to the sense where it felt like a whole world where no man's sky just it just feels like well this is auto-generated and uh everything's gonna repeat forever and it's really not that unique like that doesn't feel big to me it just feels like uh they like they're sugarcoating a a a scale to you like they're trying to hide that the game is really like eight things that they just repeated over an unlimited tile set.
0: Yeah, no, it that I'm I'm glad you've you've kind of laid it out that way because I I was tempted, but I was doing the same thing. I'm like I know me and I know how I play video games and this is going to be one of those things where it gets too repetitive and too boring too quickly. Um I think the cool thing is is that hopefully that technology, that generation technology, can, can be used to make bigger and better games down the, the line. But I, I've, this had the feel of a, look at this cool thing that we can do now, um, play around with it, but this is all we can do with it right now.
1: If it was like a Steam early access first look, it would be amazing for that. Mm-hmm. But instead, uh, it just feels like a $60 tech demo. And, yeah, that's that's rough. <laughs> and and I, I'm sure there are some people who love it, or some people like my friend. He's still having a great time with it. He's still enjoying it. And uh, for me, I remember the last point I saved at was uh, I was ready to get off that planet and go to a new planet. So like that was me like, prepping myself for like, well, at least when I log in again, I'll be ready to go to this next planet. And I don't know what that next planet looks like. So I set myself up for like, well, at least when I log back in, I'm gonna see something. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I I already sold Irene's copy. I sold it to a friend. So it's like, oh, I lost, like, $20 on this. But at least, like, somebody I know is getting it for a deal. And, like, that makes me feel good. But uh, I can't. Like, for me, like, once, like, the new Destiny expansion comes out or once something else comes out, like, I'm not going to go back to No Man's Sky. Unless they do, like, this huge, like, 2.0 update patch that adds a million things. But for... It already took them, like, 100 years to get to this game. So... <laughs> <laughs> my my hopes are not high for them coming out with something really expansive in the next year. No, hopefully it will just
0: lead to better games in the future, or more, or just you know, yeah, I, wider spanning games.
1: Well, cool. Uh, anything else you did this week? Uh, that was about it. I mean, I, I I've I've been working on Dungeons and Dragonites, trying to get those three episodes out. I, I talked about that earlier. Uh, the the only thing I, c- I can touch on that I haven't already is uh, I'm working with uh, a musician. His name is Nick. He's, he actually made the intro and outro to It's Super Effective, the stuff that you probably hear. I think that new intro started at like 2.20 or something. But um, working with him to make more music for Dungeons & Dragonites, uh, since it is uh, a longer series and since it is like storytelling, uh, we work to make different music for different parts uh, to really make the episode feel more epic, make it feel uh, more more of storytelling than it already is. Uh, obviously, adding music to people talking is a technique that every single movie and TV show in the world uses, so uh, why not add that to our show? Um, so yeah, it's just you know making a new intro, making background music for excitement, making background music for sadness, making background music for tenseness, uh, and yeah, so uh, we've just been working on that, and uh, I will continue editing that and hopefully making it sound okay. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to
0: to checking it out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Before we get to the news, uh, this is the last time I will be mentioning it because it is next weekend. Uh, I will be appearing at NerdCon in Escondido on Sunday, August 28th. Uh, We have a 10 o'clock panel and an 11.30 panel. And from the information that they've given me these are actually hour and a half panels so they're they're sizable um and i will be appearing with uh kenny rotter from dumbbells and dragons uh brian and philippe from the average geek show and kevin kelly katie and mandy from the Weck podcast growing up 70s and wekuvians so that will be the podcasters also uh ray vargas for people who've listened to this show um, we'll be appearing at one of them as well, as well as l from the nerd out app so we got a whole big group of us and if you are interested in meeting any of us, uh go ahead and come out for i think all but l this is all of our first um this is our very first panel, so come join us awesome that's exciting
1: yeah you you've done a couple of panels any advice uh i don't know that's hard uh for me, what I like to do. And this is just how I do panels is I I set up everything uh, and try to set up 10 or 15 minutes before that. And then I actually find a quiet space and I can just kind of sit there um, and then I just kind of focus and then I get on stage. And that helps a lot with me. So that's cool. I'm I'm not sure I'm going to get that <laughs> because I'm going to be coordinating 10 other people. But
0: um, but maybe if, if I can uh, delegate a little bit, maybe I'll be able to take that that moment um, but yeah, I'm, I think we're all very excited because this, for most, like I said, for most of us, this is our uh, our first panel, so it'll be fun to, to see how it goes. All right, we're gonna move on to some just just little quick news. Um, I know that you're not a big TV watcher, but Amazon Prime has uh,
1: the new Tick pilot on there. Uh, were you ever a fan of the Tick? I, rem- I I saw this news and I remember like, oh yeah, that was a show I watched when I was a kid. Uh, and I don't remember anything about it except maybe breaking through a wall. Um, so I was like, oh, they're bringing that back. I guess that makes sense. But uh, I probably don't have enough uh, nostalgia to go back and watch it. Yeah, I, I don't have um, a lot of memories
0: from it. I, I do remember things here and there. My I remember just absolutely my, my adolescent self thinking – They had an episode with a villain called Multiple Santa, and he multiplied to a point where there was just a wave of him coming down the mountain, and the tick screams, It's a Yule Tide! And I don't know why, but that I have just always thought was the funniest thing. (laughs) So, um, I'm going to try it. I, I know my husband's sense of humor, and I know the tick's sense of humor, so I don't know that this is a show that we are going to be watching. Sure. But... But uh, but it's out there, and uh, I I think it might be fun. So if this is your if this is your jam, check out the tick on Amazon. Um, also on Hulu, yeah, Marvel is talking about putting out a Runaways series. Uh, I don't know if you're into comic books at all.
1: I'm not. I should have said that that was one of not my uh, not my strong suits. Uh, it's,
0: it was a really cool series that came out maybe nine or ten years ago and um, the conceit of the show or of the the book was that it was a bunch of teenagers who you know their parents would get together once a year and you know they were all angsty and they're like, why are we having to do this? Why do we have to hang out while our parents are doing? whatever they're doing and they suddenly find out that their parents are actually members of this like evil organization and this is like their annual i don't remember if it was a sacrifice to a dark god or (laughs) it was just something just like traumatic and so they run away and that's the the series is them um realizing that they have these powers that they've inherited from their parents and now they've got to kind of Survive on their own now that their parents and the organization they work for are looking for them. And so I'm excited about it as long as they, I'm, I'm all for people making shows that are, you know, like, like The Walking Dead. It's not exactly like the, the book. It's, it's a little off the, the beaten path from the book so that you can watch it and, and, you know, not, know exactly what's going to happen. But I feel like unless they get all the characters really right from the get-go, um, I don't care where the characters go. I just want it to be really true, and I have a feeling that with the way properties work that they're going to be changing some characters up. So hopefully it will be good. Hopefully it will be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely excited about it, but uh, but hesitantly so. <laughs> um, in the gaming world, uh, Twitch has bought Curse. Do you do any streaming? Uh,
1: not, not particularly, like, I've dabbled in streaming, Dungeons and Dragonites was all streamed on Twitch. Um, uh, I don't know, I think, uh, for me, and watching, uh, like, I don't watch a lot of Twitch, I think, uh, what annoys me, or what turns me off, is somebody just sitting there by themselves and reading Twitch comments out loud, and, like, repeating them, and, like, answering them, like, I get that's the interaction they're, they're going for, but... Like, for the most time, I don't, I don't care about the chat, uh, when I'm watching a Twitch stream. Mm-hmm. Because it's, for the most part, unreadable, and a million people are typing in there at once. But, like, I don't think that's good entertainment. I don't think reading somebody's comment out loud and then, you know, addressing that is good, uh, entertainment. I don't think it's interesting. I don't think it's, it's unique or funny. Um, and so when I, when, when, when we, when we streamed Dungeons and Dragonites, it was, we're streaming a podcast live, and we pretty much ignored chat. And I and that's a very like, oh no, you, you ignore chat on Twitch, like that's not good. And and, and there was one or two people that came in and was like, oh, these guys are ignoring chat, and it's like, okay, well, there's a million other Twitch streams, like go find something that it doesn't ignore chat. But for us, it was like, this is uh the five of us, you know, bouncing stuff off each other, trying to make something entertaining, trying to tell a story, and uh the people in our chat were talking with each other making jokes laughing uh they were talking to each other while listening and it wasn't me it wasn't just a person reading chat and just bouncing back off a 10 second delay um mm-hmm. and so uh i definitely like like twitch like i loved twitch played pokemon i loved when uh they streamed out the pokemon movies on twitch i like watching competitions or like high level play on twitch um but just, like, watching one streamer read Twitch comments and play their game, like, that has zero appeal to me. Um, and I've tried doing that. I've tried, like, playing a game and reading, the, like, talk to the people in the comments, and it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel fun. Um, it's not like, like you and I right now just talking and having a conversation. Like, that feels natural and that feels organic, and that's where I feel the most comfortable Um, so I, I definitely want to do more stuff on Twitch. I just don't know how to do that without fitting into something that I don't enjoy doing. Uh, and then when I saw that Twitch bought Curse, I thought that was really weird. Uh, I'm not a fan of Curse. Uh, a couple years ago, Curse was all about buying these smaller gaming sites and then incorporating them into their, their umbrella. Um, and most of those times those sites just didn't turn out great like they just kind of turned into this generic news machine that just pumped out generic articles that fit the the theme or the the franchise or whatever it was trying to whatever they bought and they wanted to recycle uh but it seems like twitch bought curse uh because of its via voiceover software uh because before before I read that article or saw the news reports, I didn't know Curtis was making a competition to Discord and Skype.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize that, and um, you know, I think Discord has gotten really big all of a sudden, and I think that's that's good. Skype can can be unstable and and feels like it's kind of a little bit of a, a resource horse. So, um, so yeah, it's interesting that that's kind of the direction that they're going. I don't know, Twitch. Uh, Twitch is one of those things that I. I I feel like we're on the same page on that because I'll I'll hop in if I'm bored while I'm playing a game and see who's streaming and if there's anything going on that's interesting, but I agree that the the ten second delay and and let's be honest most curse chats are really horrible places <laughs> <laughs> like there's just like really awful people hang out in curse <laughs> chat rooms and um not curse chat rooms uh Twitch chat channels and uh, and so. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting thing. I, I'd like to see gaming streams evolve a little bit. I feel like we've kind of hit a formula that is no longer it's only entertaining to a point. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if you know there's got to be people that are going to come in and say, all right, well we're going to do this. Um, I completely agree with you know the idea of you know if you're not streaming something that requires that back and forth, then yeah, there's no reason to to engage in it.
1: Um, yeah, for, so I don't know. For me, it just seems like a, a weird decision. That uh, first off, like Discord is is very big, especially with the Twitch community. Um, and I'm just not a fan of it. I think it's missing a lot of a lot of features. Um, and, and I, I I do a Patreon and uh Patreon.com/slash it's super effective. But uh, I do a Patreon, and if you donate a dollar, you get access to uh, my slack slack is uh it's kind of like discord uh or it's like um what's the other one like telegram i think is another popular one um but we have i'm looking we have like 200 and some people like 220 people in the slack uh and there's no like voiceover in in slack i'm sure there's a plugin or a widget that i can install to make that happen but uh a lot of uh, some people are like, well, why didn't you go with Discord? And it's like, well, like I use Slack for a lot of things. I use it at work. I use it now for Pokemon podcast. I uh, I like the way it's laid out. I like the channels. I like the private chats. I like all these things that, you know, Discord does or does not do. But at the same time, like some people are like, oh, when you record your podcast, you should use Discord. And it's like, no, like I've definitely tried Discord audio and it's not as good as Skype. And Skype has a million problems. Don't get me wrong. Skype is kind of garbage. Right. but." Skype still has the best voiceover over uh, sound quality better than a- anyone else out there. And, you know, some people might disagree, but like I've tried them all and Skype still sounds the best. Um, so that's why I stick with Skype. Uh, I didn't know Curse had this voiceover stuff. I'm sure it doesn't sound as good as Skype. Um, otherwise, people would be talking about it. But to me, it almost feels like Twitch is like trying to get back at all these people that have discord. It's like. Here's Discord's exact competition, Curse, uh, and we're going to buy that and make you guys use that. Well, not, they can't make anyone use it, but like, hey, you should be using this because now this is Twitch official. It's almost like they're trying to get back at Discord or, or I don't know, it just seems like a weird... I'm, I'm sure they tried to buy Discord and Discord probably said no or they couldn't work out a deal or something. It just seems very weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm i going to watch it and see what's going on because they're... The- Twitch is Twitch is, in my opinion, in a very strange place right now. It it's got, I think it got big too big too fast, and now, I mean, there's a lot of problems with the community. There's a lot of problems with, and I don't know if you follow Hearthstone at all, but their last Hearthstone tournament they had, there was like racist comments that were being broadcast. As
1: oh yeah, I remember. People that. were,
0: yeah, it's just like there's so many problems surrounding Twitch right now, and I I think it's because they 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 got big fast and now they, they they've got too much too many resources that they know what to do with
1: so yeah and it's, it's hard to ignore twitch because there's so much money being moved around twitch i mean you go to a streamer that has you know maybe 14 15 people watching and they have like this ticker that's like top donation five hundred dollars and buy blah 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 and then second top donation two hundred dollars blah 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 and you're just like You've been streaming for six months. You don't really have that many followers, and at some point, somebody gave you five hundred dollars. All right, that's okay. And like, yeah, that happens a lot. Like you, like to me, like yes, I I I have a Patreon, but I didn't start the Patreon until like four years of like consistent podcasting. And you know, if do what you need to do. Like I get that people's time is worth money and uh, and whatnot, but To me, a lot of people are going to Twitch because it's, it's, this is a way I can make money to do what I like to do. And it's like, yes and no. Uh, what makes you different than everyone else, first off? And Mm -hmm. two, like, it's just not as easy as streaming a game and then waiting for money to come in. And for me being in the podcast scene for six years, I've never gotten a a $500 donation or a $100 donation, or it's not like, every time i put out an episode it's like well i hope i get 20 or 30 dollars coming like that's never happened in the 6 years of just like oh here's some random amount of money that just came in from somebody who enjoyed what they were listening to and i totally the podcast scene and the and the twitch stream are are totally different but i think that's also what makes the twitch stream that community so toxic in a way that you see uh, all this money being moved around, you see all of these comments coming through of just like, hey, do this, do this, be funny, answer my question, like, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, or, like, just racist comments, or offensive comments, or just all this stuff, and it makes, it's just such a different world, and it's something that, uh, it's, like, on one side, I want to be there because I want to reach other people and I want to give my listeners another outlet to consume content. But another aspect, it's it's like I don't want to deal with that community if, if that is the general consensus of, like, pay attention to me kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it is very a me, me, me uh, culture on Twitch. So we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I'm hoping that something... Uh, as is often the case with with these kind of technologies, it, it'll be a very long time before somebody gets their foot in the door far enough to to dethrone. So the last bit of news is kind of good transition into our main topic. Uh, Pokemon Go has triggered 80% increase in 3DS hardware sales in the last month alone. <laughs> um, that's pretty good because a lot of people have been saying that they that Nintendo needs to get out of the hardware um, market and just make good games. Uh, and yeah,
1: those people are crazy.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, that's good. I, I I am not surprised that this has um, increased DS sales, because I know as I'm playing Pokemon Go, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go buy Yellow, and I'm going to play through that, and then immediately regret it, because it has none of the um, conveniences of the modern games, so <laughs> it's very grindy. but uh, But, you know,
1: good for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Uh, definitely makes a whole lot of sense of why that happened, and that's kind of what I was preaching. That was like Nintendo's whole goal was to release something that would bring them back to what they do uh, and get them excited for Pokemon. So, I mean, the TV show, the trading card game, uh, Pokemon Go, it all brings people back to... Hey, I want to play the next main series Pokemon game. Um, and it, it clearly worked. Uh, but to, to like say like, Hey, Nintendo should just keep making mobile games. I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, yeah, the Wii U was, was a bit of a flop, but the, like the Wii sold 101 million units and it sold all of them at a profit. Why would they ever step away from that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. The Wii U, again, they sold that at a profit, too. And and I'm saying they sold it at a profit because when uh, the Xbox 360 came out, when the Xbox One came out, they were sold at a loss. And even, I think, the PS4 sold at like a minor profit uh, when it came out, but the, definitely the PS3 sold at a huge loss. Um, and like, Nintendo's games still sell really well. Like When you sell a million copies of... You know Super Mario, whatever the last one was on Wii U, I can't remember, but they definitely sold more than a million copies. And it's like, well, they sold that for sixty dollars, so that's sixty million right there. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's just silly. Uh, I do think that it's in Nintendo's best interest to make a unified console, uh, which mm-hmm. is what the rumors that the NX are going to be because. Uh, I mean, like, I play Animal Crossing on my 3DS, but I would love an Animal Crossing on my Wii U, but I don't really want to start over. So if there's, like, a console that can both be a handheld and on your TV screen, like, that would be super great. Um, or it's just, like, the Mario Kart on DS is slightly different than the Mario Kart on Wii U, and, like, they're both good, but in different ways, and it's it's weird to split your player base like that, I think. To a-
0: yeah, and they've, they've got such a good thing going with that. I mean, I don't know of too many other handheld uh, game devices that are you know everybody goes to the the ds or their phone at this point um you know i i I agree with you i would love to plug in every once in a while because sometimes you don't feel like dealing with a small screen sometimes it's just nice to be able to kick back on the couch and and play something on a little bit of a bigger scale
1: yeah i'm to the point now where nothing i play is really handheld i mean like i i play pokemon because it is handheld but i'm almost always playing it on my couch so it's like I'm never I'm, I'm not in a position where I'm on a bus or like I'm flying a lot where uh, I would normally bring a DS and I would normally play those games like everything I still play now is in like my living room so right I would love to just have that on my TV if possible like I'm playing the newest Monster hunter monster hunter generations and I, I love it like I'm a big fan of that series but I would rather that be a console game than a handheld game um, but that's just just me
0: well when we all move to uh, to self-driven cars, and I can just play video games on my hour-and-a-half commute, maybe that
1: will change. Then we'll bring back the Game Boys.
0: (laughs) Well, very good. Well, moving into, you know, using that as a a jumping-off point, um, Pokemon Go has gotten us out and about, and are you still playing it now that it is um,
1: several weeks old? Uh, Yes and no. I feel like I'm to the point where there's nothing more for me to achieve in it. Uh, mm-hmm. the only thing that I could really achieve is to complete my Pokedex, and I'm not too compelled to do that. I, uh, I've i enjoyed my time with it. I think my character is level 18 or so, and I have a million Pidgeys and all this candy, and I could pop my lucky egg and probably jump to level 20, 21 or something. I just haven't done so yet, uh, just because I could probably collect some more Pokemon before popping that egg or whatever that thing is called, not egg, but you guys know what I'm talking about. The... the Oh, no, the Lucky lurk? lucky Egg. Yeah, yeah Lucky yeah, Egg. No, I was yeah, thinking, yeah. thinking of incubators. Uh, <laughs> there are still a lot of people that are going to the area that's very popular in Milwaukee that are still going out there every week or night or whatever they're doing. Uh, I don't get out of the house much to begin with. Uh, uh, I'm not an outdoor person, so... That already in itself is a challenge, Um, but to me, Pokemon Go really shined when it was a social experience with my friends, Mm -hmm. so when I did go down to Lake Park and play, I was always with one or two other people, or even more than that, and it was just a fantastic time, and I would compare it a lot to a game like World of Warcraft, like, a game that you could just spend hours in and and love every minute of it, but that starts to go away when it when it's just you. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, I it would be very hard to play World of Warcraft solo without talking to anyone. I don't know if anyone would want to do that. I think it's
0: very lonely. Yeah. It gets very, very lonely. I just got um, pulled into a, a, a new guild. And I've guild hopped since since uh, um, Cataclysm just because you know most of the people that I played with stopped playing. Um, and, and for the first time in a very long time, there's like 25, 30 people on at a time. And it's fun. It's fun to be able to just say, oh, hey, where where are you? Where do you live? You know, what kind of stuff are you doing? You know, it just gives you something to do while you're fooling around in this uh, digital space.
1: Yeah. And so maybe maybe that's on me, though, just not asking people, hey, you want to go out down to Lake Park and play Pokemon Go? Because uh, I'm sure they would say yes, and I'm sure we'd have a great time. I guess the other thing that's kind of stopping me is just the weather. It's been so either super rainy, like it's raining right now here in Milwaukee, or uh, it's just been way too hot. I, if, if you're going to offer me that I can play this game outside in 96-degree weather or I can play this other game inside where it's air-conditioned, uh, I'm always going to pick the air-conditioned game. <laughs> I am right there with you. I, I
0: live in Palm Springs, California, so it has been at least 108, 109 for most of the time that the game has been <laughs> yeah. out. And it's, and uh, there are a couple of days it was up, up into the, you know, 117, 120
1: and it's just it's it's not it's not wise to be playing Pokémon yeah. this time. Yeah. <laughs> Look when the when the game the first week it came out, I would have caught Pokémon at 200 degree weather if 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 that's what needed to be done, because I was so excited about the game. And not that like my enjoyment has gone down, but like, I've seen it all. I I know what the game does. I know, uh, all the aspects of it. So now it's just a harder decision of like, ah, it's 96 out. And like, yeah, I could probably get some more pidgeys. I'm still missing Scyther. Uh, I'll just wait till tomorrow, see if the weather's better. And so it's kind of always been, well, it's just wait till tomorrow or a day. I'm not busy or something like that. And I think, that I've I posed this question to other people and no one has a good answer. And, and of course, if you're in Florida or somewhere south, that doesn't matter. But like in Wisconsin, what happens when winter comes? No one's going to be. <laughs> you playing. get a lot more seals. Yeah, I guess. But <laughs> who wants to go outside and try to play a phone when it's like 14 degrees? At least in the summer, you can like walk into an area. I, it's very hard to play an iPhone game with gloves on. I'm just saying that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um,
0: I think the only thing that's kept... Because I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I have stopped playing, for the most part, every once in a while when we're out and about. We'll, I'll, I'll pull out the phone and, and see what's around. But um, my husband is not a, a video game player by, by any stretch of the imagination. And he loves to go out on hikes and walks and explore. And so this has kind of given us a thing to do together because it kind of combines our our interests. And there is this kind of like little... It always makes me smile when, you know, we get out of a restaurant or something and his phone comes out of his pocket and I can see him loading up the app. I'm like, all right, let's play some Pokemon for a while. <laughs> Even if it's not like what I was, you know, I was like, oh, we we'll just go home and watch TV or something. It's like, you're he, going to play Pokemon? All right, let's go let's go take that gym over there. Right, yeah. And, in fact, uh, earlier this week we, we had this, like, three-way battle. Like, we were sitting in the car because, again, 108 – um, so we're sitting in the car with the air conditioned blasting. the there's somebody on each of the corners that we can see from the car. and I think all three of us were different teams because the the gym just kept cycling through okay, yeah that yellow thread. And uh, after a while, I was like, okay, we're not gonna take, but you know I we're we're team instinct. And, uh, we threw in our Pokemon, and then all of a sudden there were two or three other yellow Pokemon in there, and it's like, okay, <laughs> there's some, there's some yellow being represented in the, the area <laughs> right now. That's, that's nice to know. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I think it's those little moments that are keeping the game going for me, and I think, you know, hopefully they'll put a patch out at some point, and it will, um, you know, it, it'll, it'll do what, what, Warcraft and a lot of these other games will do is it'll spike whenever there's a patch and then it'll kind of peter off and then you know another spike when they they do something different and uh, and that that'll be okay because it'll keep people coming
1: back to it I I would hope. Yeah, I think uh I think Pokémon Go is really cool. I think it achieved what it needed to achieve I think that without Niantic spending 10, 12 years on their engine of you know, gathering that Google map data, it probably wouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a cool concept. It's a cool thing. I will be excited when they add new Pokemon because they did say that they're planning on doing that. Um, I just, uh, it's just not compelling enough to force me to go out of the house in hot weather to play. And then, you know, once winter comes, I'm going to say it's not compelling enough for me to go out in freezing weather and play. Uh, <laughs> but that's okay. Like, that's totally cool. It is cool for what it is. Yes,
0: and it has gotten people in, interested in the franchise again, which brings me up to the next topic I'd like to discuss, which is Sun and Moon's coming out in November. Yeah, November 18th. Yeah, and, um, and I've been following your podcast and the coverage of all the different Pokemon coming out. Um, let's talk about that. Are you excited about the new game? Is there stuff that you're looking forward to, not looking forward to?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm extremely excited about the new games, uh, even more so than I was for Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Uh, I was, these games just didn't click with me and they didn't click with me when they originally came out, um, in 2002, 2004, I can't remember the exact year, but, uh, you know, after looking at these new Pokemon and, and looking at past Pokemon and, uh, we did a, we did a three hour episode where we, where we each picked 10 Pokemon and then we brought them together and we defended the 10 we picked against the 10 everyone else picked. And we ultimately took that list of 40 and we brought it back down to 10 new Pokemon that we could all decide upon. Uh, and there was a lot of Gen 1 Pokemon in that list and there was a lot of Gen Generation 5 Pokemon in that list. And it kind of made me look at all the other generations and go... I mean, there's a reason for that. Like, I still think Generation 3 is one of the weakest generations of Pokemon. Not to say that the Pokemon, the Pokemon there are great. It's just that overall, that generation, it was, to me, it was almost like they didn't know what made the first two so successful.
0: Mm-hmm. And they were
1: just trying to throw things at the wall with Generation 3. And so, if you started with Generation 3, obviously that is special to you. And I don't want to take that away from people, but. Uh, in the grand scheme of all six generations uh, generation three was really just very weak uh, compared to everything else and so when Omega Ruby alpha sapphire came out and I went through I was like they didn't they didn't make this generation more special they just did what all the vocal generation three people wanted like those people were so vocal for a remake and what they believed in was special and it, it wasn't it just It just missed the mark on so many things. And now we're getting Generation 7, Pokemon Sun and Moon, and I look at all these new Pokemon coming out, and they're fantastic. They're so well designed. The names are so good. I was even talking to a friend yesterday who, not into Pokemon at all. I played a little bit of Pokemon Go, of course. Dabbled with X and Y just because he had a 3DS and everyone else was buying it, so he picked up uh, X and Y and probably played it for three or four hours before he was done with it. But he was just he 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 asked me out of the blue yesterday. He was like, "How do you feel about these new Pokemon?" And I was like, "Oh, like, I like them all a lot. I think their names are really good. Like, I think their designs are really good. I love the Alolan aspect of uh, changing the typing and the style of Generation One Pokemon." And he's like, "He's like, yeah, I have to agree. The names are just really good. Like, they're super clever. They're punny. And this is out of nowhere." And I was just like, "Awesome! Like, that is really cool that." You're following, and I, and I don't think that Pokemon would be on as many people's radars if it wasn't for Pokemon Go. Um, just kind of stemming that interest to other people or making them more willing to click on a Pokemon-related article. But yeah, I'm super happy with what we've seen of this generation. Uh, it sounds like they are really mixing it up when it comes to how you progress your story. Uh, there's still debate whether there will be eight gyms or will there be four gyms or will there be no gyms and... I think that that is probably a conversation we've never had in the past. So, I mean, if we end up having eight gyms, fine. But at least there is some talk about that possibly not happening or happening. Um, yeah, overall, I'm just really excited, uh, especially since I, I feel that Pokemon itch now. Um, I think if you follow Pokemon, uh, there there really hasn't been a break in Pokemon. It was... Uh, black and white, then the next year black and white 2, then the next year uh, X and Y, and then the next year Omega, Ruby, Alpha, Sapphire, so there's just Pokemon, 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 every single year, and the last thing you want to do to your franchise is to turn it into a Call of Duty, uh, mm-hmm. and just tire people out of it. Uh, you know, a game like Mario or Zelda is special because it doesn't come out every single year. You get some time, there's that the time is spent reinventing, making it slightly different, and It almost felt like Pokemon was going stale. And so then we got this year break, um, and now we're getting Sun and Moon, which is, uh, a three year gap between X and Y and Sun and Moon. I can't believe it's been three years, but yeah, three year gap. Uh, and so now it's, it's, this is the right time. This is the right, this is the right Christmas, uh, with everything leading up to it. Pokemon Go, the movies being re-released, new card game expansion and stuff. Like this all feels right and this all feels exciting.
0: Now, how does um, you know? You've got your obviously, you've got your pulse on on the community. How is the community responding to um, a lot more interest in the franchise? Is it a positive, or are you getting a lot of the 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 typical um, dark geek uh, feedback of, oh, you're just here because of Pokemon Go, or, oh, you're not a true... Like, I even I said at the beginning of the show, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I, I got back into Pokemon before Pokemon Go came out, so I feel like I have a, a little bit more cred than just being, you know, somebody who hopped onto the bandwagon. Um, are, you, are you noticing any trends either way?
1: I don't think so, uh, and I think that's that's kind of what makes the Pokemon community great is that as long as you're, you're liking some aspect of Pokemon, uh, you're fine. Uh, I said earlier that, you know, some people only like the TV show or some people only like the card game or some people only like, uh, maybe Pokemon go. And that's totally cool because, uh, the thing that all those items have in common are the, the creatures themselves. And I think that's what makes Pokemon really special. Um, you have your Gen 1ers, the people who only care about the first 150, and they think that everything after the first 150 is, is poorly designed or not or not uh, well-made or not as great as the original. And they're wrong, and that's okay. Uh, but <laughs> I think you see a lot of them are opening up now. Mm-hmm. I think like a Pokemon like Mimikyu, uh, which is a new Generation 7 Pokemon, which is it's a ghost Pokemon that tries to disguise itself as another pokemon in the case of the screenshots it's it's pikachu so you have this you have this pokemon that people can relate to right away because it looks like pikachu it looks like a very bad pikachu uh and then, it's like a burlap sack pikachu yeah.
0: isn't it <laughs>
1: and then you can relate to it in another way where it's it, where people know ditto and they understand that ditto copies other pokemon and they go well this is like ditto It's trying to be pikachu but it's doing it in an outfit because it can't physically change form. Uh, and you see a warm reception to that, and uh, maybe it's because like of those two aspects of it's trying to be like a Ditto and it's trying to look like a Pikachu that people really connect with. So uh, I don't think there has really been good examples of older Pokemon that try to hit that mark. And I think what also helps is the Alolan Pokemon where you take a... You take a Pokemon that uh, Gen 1-ers would probably know, but for there's 720 some Pokemon, so it's very easy for somebody who has been in the series to go like, oh yeah, I remember Sandshrew or Sandslash. Yeah, those are those are Pokemon from Generation One. Yeah, they're cool. I just, you know, they're not they're not at the top of your radar. There's you know 600 other Pokemon that might be at the top of your radar, and Sandshrew and Sandslash might be at the bottom, and that's okay. Uh, but you take a Pokemon like Sandshrew and Slash, which are ground-type Pokemon, and now you make them ice-type Pokemon, and you, uh, instead of Sandshrew being, like, this brown, sandy color, he's now this rich blue and white color, and he looks like a little sand igloo, and it's it's awesome. Uh, it's a smart way of increasing, of giving us new Pokemon without increasing the Pokedex number. It is also a smart way to go, all these people know Sandshrew, because... Everyone knows Generation One and maybe they only like Generation One. And now we're taking a Pokemon that they know, they're familiar with. They've 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 honked their horn at saying generation one is the best and everything after Generation is one is terrible. And now we've taken this Pokemon, we've changed it, and now they like it. And now they might be more open to these other new Pokemon that we've introduced because we've taken something that they're familiar with, we've changed it pretty drastically, and now we've given a new Pokemon uh, secretly, but still basing that off an old Pokemon. So I really think that that's kind of the goal and the intent behind these Alola Pokemon, is to uh, make it easier for Gen 1ers to digest that Look, when you look beyond the first 150, there are some really special and really unique Pokemon there. And they get so hung up on uh, specific Pokemon that uh, quote-unquote ruin the franchise. Like vanillax is one where they go, oh, like Pokemon lost all its creative ideas, look look at this Pokemon, it's just an ice cream cone. And they're blinded by the Generation 1 where you can go, well look at Magnemite, it's literally just a magnet. And when it evolves, it's just three magnets. Look at a Pokemon mm-hmm. like Grimer, it's literally a pile of sludge. Uh, <laughs> and then when it evolves, it just evolves into a bigger pile of sludge. Um, the weird and you, the weird Pokemon that are the complaints of the later generations, like Garbodor, which is a pile of trash, Vanillix, which is, uh, an ice cream cone, or I'm trying to think, like, uh, Amoongus, which is just like a, a mushroom with a Pokeball on the top of its head, uh, instead of like a mushroom top. Like, all those Pokemon designs existed in Gen 1. Uh, I just don't think that when the people who are so set on Gen 1, when they say that these... Other generations are bad because of these Pokemon. I don't think they know the extent of Generation 1 and how uh, simple or how basic some Pokemon are when you break them down, uh, like Magnumite, like Muck, like Grimer. um, Like Voltorb. Like Voltorb, yes. Uh, So yeah, I uh, I think Generation 7 is so far every step in the right direction when it comes to new Pokemon, when it comes to the Alolan form. Uh, when it comes with possible story, when it comes with uh, trainer customization coming back. I think everything is moved in the right direction, and I haven't seen anything where I'm like, Ugh, I don't think this is right for the series. Not that that's my call to make, but um, everything just seems exciting, almost too good to be true. So I hope with the two three months we have left that uh, we continue getting exciting stuff.
0: Yeah, every every day I see something come through the stream, as, as you know, that's just a little bit different. And um and a, as you said, with, with seven hundred, you know, over seven hundred Pokemon, they're not all going to be winners. <laughs> just yeah, not. They're just not. Um But everybody's going to have a connection to something that you know that that is their Pokemon. Like I've always liked Nidoran. Why do I like Nidoran? I don't know. I just thought it was a cool Pokemon when I first started playing it. Um You know, so everybody's going to have their, their go-to Pokemon. Um, and sure, if you get into the competitive scene, there's, you know, the, the, the strong ones and the ones that are competitive and the ones that aren't. But I mean, you play Hearthstone, you've got decks like that. You've got, you know, it's, it's just part of being in a video game. Um, so on the topic of individual Pokemon, do you have a favorite?
1: Yeah. I I mean, it changes so often. Uh, Mm -hmm. definitely mood, seasons other pokemon it all just changes i think though some of the consistent pokemon some of the consistent pokemon that kind of always make a top 10 list for me would be like chandelure uh which is a ghost fire pokemon based on a chandelier uh for your listeners that might not know i really like Golduck, which is the evolution of psyduck um there's some history with with that Pokemon, I really like Hawlucha, which is a Pokemon that was introduced in Generation 6. Uh, it is a fighting flying Pokemon that's based on a Luchador wrestler, uh, which is oh, that's fun. fantastic. Um, also, the the first Pokemon in the series that have a dual-type move. Uh, most moves do one type of damage, like Ice Beam does, Ice Surf does water damage, Fire Blast does fire damage. Uh, Hawlucha has a move called Flying Press, which does both flying and fighting damage at the same time. Uh, so that's the first in the series. Um, so yeah, those those are probably three Pokemon that stick out on the top of my head. And, and only one Gen 1. And Only one <laughs> Gen 1, yeah. I'm, I, I love a lot of Gen 1 Pokemon. I definitely do. I love, I love a lot of Pokemon. There are, I would have a shorter list of Pokemon I dislike than I, uh a short list of Pokemon I like. I can I can rattle off hundreds of Pokemon that I love and give you specific reasons why I love them, but uh as for Pokemon I don't like, really the the main one that sticks out to me is a Pokemon called Baskelin, uh which was mm-hmm. introduced in generation five. And there's actually uh the the main reason I don't like Baskelin, uh is because it's a very generic looking sea bass Pokemon and uh there's two forms of it, and the only difference between the forms is stripe. So one form has a blue stripe and one form has a red stripe. Uh, and because of that, they have different abilities. But look-wise, the only thing different is the, the color of the stripe. Uh, but the reason I dislike Basculin is because I, I was always under this impression, and I think everyone wants to believe that, that every single Pokémon takes months or years to craft and their names are very important and their their lore behind them are very important and the design is very important and so you get this this thought process of like when you see a pokemon like Vanillax, yeah it's an ice cream cone but this is why it's an ice cream cone this is why it's drawn this way this is why it's named this way this is the history this is how we thought of this pokemon and why it's important and i think that's really cool and i think I would have assumed prior to Basculin that everyone, like, every Pokemon had this story. And Basculin's story, uh, which was pulled from an interview with one of the creators, and it was, it was you know, just, hey, why why is such and such exist? Anyways, uh, Baskelin's history was, well, we didn't have enough water Pokemon in Generation 5, and we were running out of time. Uh, so since Generation 5 is based in New York, we decided to grab a sea bass Pokemon and make that, and since Again, we didn't have enough water Pokemon. We just went ahead and made two different versions of it. Uh, wow! And then after reading that, you're just like, everything I thought of has kind of went down the drain.
0: You have shattered the matrix.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, and that uh. just makes me so frustrated that Basculin exists because of that reason. Like, uh, for for people that don't know, there are water type is the most dominant type in Pokemon, followed by normal type. Um, and they felt like they needed another water Pokemon, and Basculin was quickly made to fit that void, and it's almost like, I feel like you could have just went without it. Yeah, throw another Goldie in and be done. Right, just bring back an old Pokemon, or or something else, or why'd you give it two forms? Why You, you didn't have anyone else that couldn't make another Pokemon? Like, one form, okay, yeah, a Seabass. Eventually, we'll probably need a Seabass Pokemon. Let it be Basculin. But to have two... It, I don't know it's just it's just a frustrating uh, choice uh, and maybe you know in the future masculincaline get something special or you know unique or something and uh, and maybe I can rekindle my love for it but um, as of right now like that that is a frustrating Pokemon design um, just based on how it was like rushed and how it was almost a second thought before generation 5 came out
0: one last question before we kind of start wrapping things up. For somebody who maybe just knows Pokemon now because of Pokemon Go and is just coming to it and is now interested in in getting into Sun and Moon, is there anything you would recommend um for them to do? Should they get one of the earlier versions and start um playing around with it? Or, you know, should they feel pretty confident in just jumping into a raw game and, and having fun with it?
1: Uh I mean at this point, if 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 people are riding the the wave of Pokemon go and they're really getting back into it, I would probably encourage them just to wait for sun and moon. If they can't wait, if that's something that they really want to, they need to scratch that ish right now, I would uh, recommend X and Y. Uh, I, again, I don't think, I think Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire are, are two steps backwards from X and Y. I don't think it achieves the feeling of Pokemon that X and Y did uh Mm -hmm. so i think x and y is a great starting point um but uh if you can wait if you if you're not in a rush if you got too much too much on your plate right now i think that sun and moon is going to be the best possible spot to jump in on um so uh, yeah i think that's i think that's a safe bet definitely um yeah awesome
0: well very cool well i am looking forward to uh to having you on my commute again uh, and uh, catching up on on I think I'm I'm three episodes behind on you which isn't too bad. Um, there was one day when uh, I, I decided I was going to take a day for me and I drove around Palm Springs and played Pokemon Go. And uh and listen to your podcast. Awesome. That was just like, you know what? I am just gonna have a Pokemon day. And uh and so I'm a little bit more caught up with you than I am with some other, other podcasts, but uh but I'm looking forward to uh to finding out what's going on with uh, Sun and Moon and uh it should be a lot of fun coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hope. Well very cool.
0: Uh do you have any shout outs for anybody as we start to wrap things up? Uh
1: no, not per not particular particularly. Uh it's just uh, probably just a shout-out to both uh, Will and Travis, who are my my A-team for It's Super Effective, and then a shout-out to my B-team in case Travis and, and Will fall through, which is Micah and Logan. Uh, those guys are just all super great. They're all very flexible with, with moving around, jumping on the show, um, being consistent, which I think is just super important to any podcast. Um, so, yeah, just a shout-out to those four guys. Very
0: cool. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of the the your co-hosts as well. They're they're a lot of fun. I, I think Will is hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he's a gem. <laughs> um,
0: I I'd like to send a shout out to Raven and EJ because um they have been my current marathoning uh podcast. They they do the Girls Gone Wild podcast, and uh, as I've been playing Warcraft the last two days, I have gotten through seven of their episodes and they're they're like 2 hour long episodes so uh, so it has been a lot of i i've gotten a lot of wow in the last 2 days <laughs> that's awesome so uh well i'm going back to school next week so <laughs> this is the last summer hurrah got to soak it in exactly exactly uh, so big shout out to you guys uh, Ray, uh raven and ej hope everything's going well and i i found out this week i will probably be vacationing in um we may be taking a a North Atlantic cruise for my in-laws, uh, 70th, 70th birthdays. And, uh, and I will be in London, which is where EJ and Raven are. So granted way too, um, too far in the future to make plans, but, but very excited that we might be, uh, able to actually meet up in person. So that's kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, coming ne- up next week, we're. Doing NerdCon, so hopefully if everything goes well with our recording equipment, uh, we will have the first of the two panels uh, next week. So that is what we will be doing there. How about you? Anything coming up the next week or so as far as podcasts or other things?
1: Uh, nothing, nothing this week, but the following week, uh, PAX West begins. Um, Very cool. And I will actually be going to PAX West. Uh, I will be speaking on Monday at PAX at 10:30 a.m., which I believe will also be live streamed on Twitch. I think PAX live streams all its panels, but yeah, I have a panel there. I'll be speaking about uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon, uh, mostly talking about the. I'm going to attempt to break down these new Pokemon, their names, where they came from, their inspiration, to kind of give people a better sense of the creativity process behind Pokemon. Um, so that's, that's my goal for PAX. So if you are going to PAX West and you want to say hi, I will, I will be there starting Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I will be there all three days. I'll just be missing Friday, just traveling and whatnot. Uh, And, and (laughs) work damn adulting. Yeah. (laughs) I'll have to work my normal job. So, uh, that's all right though.
0: Well, very cool. Yeah. Definitely check that out. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcasters out there. Uh, please leave us a review and spread the word. Uh, if you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude. Or me personally at Epic Graze. Uh, SBJ, where can we
1: find you? Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Dragging a Lake. D R A G G I N G A L A K E. Or uh, you can follow my podcast on Twitter. It is just at Pokemon Podcast. So pretty easy. Very cool.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining us today and for for
1: giving us all your Pokemon knowledge. No, thank you for having me on. It's it's. I'm gonna, I have to say it's kind of nice to be on a podcast and then not worrying about cutting and editing the podcast after. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. I know the feeling. <laughs> all right.
0: And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it Keep.